Get updated with the hottest news in insurance, finance, and the newest innovation in InsureTech and FinTech in these difficult times. Hear it from one of the most known and respected voices in the industry, Dr. Robin Kiera, and his guest of today. This is the EU, EU InsureTech and Investment Show by Florian Railo and me. We are super happy to talk every month to you about what's hot in InsureTech and not and this. Every month we have a great guest. But before we ask our mean and hard questions to Anton Tanya, CPO and founder of Vlog, Florian has prepared some pop numbers of the month. Florian, how was insurance and InsureTech this month? Yeah, quite quite active again. So I will just share a few numbers with you. Obviously, as uh, as every month, so long story short, ten rounds were announced in July, which is uh, quite high for uh, the first months of the, uh, the usual summer break. Let's say this way. Uh, small figures in terms of euros invested, as you can see, close to 180 million euros. But anyway, that was uh, quite uh, quite interesting. But I, I believe that the most interesting uh, part is the top three uh, rounds announced in July because we. Have had a, a, a broad overview of the European scene with you live from the UK uh, as number one biggest uh, round announced, then Freeze from, from the Netherlands, and then Insurelo uh, from, uh, from Sweden. Uh, so long story short, three different countries, uh, two out of them being outside, let's say, of the top three usual UK, France, uh, Germany. Uh, so that's uh, that's very uh, exciting. And by the way, Flock raised uh, a, a huge uh, $7 million dollar round and so we are very uh, glad and excited to have uh, Anton to share a few insights about what they have built so far and obviously what's next at uh, at Flock uh, which was part of the 10 rounds announced in uh, in July. But let's also talk a second about uh, actually the numbers we just saw because I think they're super interesting not only because Germany has not spent anything mm -hmm. in it yet but I'm really really because going on I have always you know a good fight going on and you know, about to call you on time and say raise more, so we are back. Um, but I think that's um, that's, um, that's 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 a great story. What I'm, well, how do you interpret it? Interpret it before I get my two cents. Uh, Florian and, and Anton, please share. Please share. Yeah. So, so first, I believe that uh, Germany had a huge month in June. Uh, with with fogs uh, and and crazy rounds announced there, so that may explain why July was a bit uh, uh, quieter than uh, than usual. So that's the first point. And the second point is that uh, I, I'm not sure why July was so active this year, but uh, that, that's a feeling that we had on a day-to-day -day basis with a lot of work with insurance company, with portfolio company, with follow on rounds on our side as well. So it seems that everybody was working uh, until the last day uh, of. July and by the way, even in the beginning of, of August, uh, we are we are I believe a proof of that. Yeah. Uh, so it seems that yeah, the, the things are accelerating in the tech slash insurance um, ecosystem. Uh, so that's why maybe there were still uh, big numbers in July. Anton, um, you are super focused obviously on your own company, especially when you're raising money like you did. But when you see these numbers, what do you think? So I think the coolest thing is to see how InsureTech is here really to stay. Uh, like. The Germany versus France aside, I, th I think these rounds are really becoming huge. We're following the fintech trail in a way and we've seen how much value we've created in fintech. So I can't wait to see Insure to really catch up with, with that industry. And I think we are really, really on the right track. 
challenge accepted i would you know say now to my friends in fintech watch out for us coming we are maybe slow as insurance industry but when we get inertia nothing can stop us Anton, let's talk about clock um you have a super interesting business model you combine two two things two things one is drone insurance where for what you're known and the second thing is fleet insurance how did that happen because it's not a natural combination it kind of is, and I'll, I'll tell you about it. Look, we've been fully, fully focused in the drone space for around three years, which is uh, since we launched the, the first pay-as-you-fly app for drone insurance three years ago. Um, but there was a very, very natural progression to, to the fleet space. We always knew that that concept we pioneered of using data to first quantify risk, help customers understand what risk is, and then price at the back of that, so the riskier you are, the more you pay, could really apply beyond the drone space, right? And we've always had that thesis. When we became ready to do it, we obsessed over finding the right market to us, and that's how we ended up landing in the commercial motor fleet space. So it's not an accident. It is not a. Um, it, it, they're not disparate um, spaces. We apply the same concepts with the same methodology to markets we're very interested in. One thing, sorry, Florian, I'm jumping in. One thing, this is an advertisement for all the people watching. So Flock is actually looking for some people actually want to say it at the end, but in social media, you need to say it at the front. So if what you're listening to you like and you're not happy where you work, except at Digital Scouting and Astoria Capital, of course, then please go to the website of Flock and have a look what kind of jobs they're looking in central London. Florian. Yeah, I, I was just to, to raise a question around what you mentioned, because you mentioned that basically since inception, you had in mind to move to the fleet, uh, uh, to the fleet business, which obviously seems a bit bigger uh, than the drone. So th would you say that drone was just, let's say, a proof of concept for you since inception? And, and then why did you pick, uh, let's say, drone as a, a POC of what uh, should be your future around, around fleet management? Very good question. So, look, I, it is not true that since day one we knew we would end up in, in fleets, but it is true that as we built that concept of risk intelligence first, we truly believe that we could go beyond just the drone space, right? The drone space has been very good to us because it was a space that, that didn't really have a good insurance solution, that had a ton of data, there was a massively growing market. So getting into that space and building a strong name for us, it was fantastic. Right now we've got around 38% of the commercial drone operator market here in the UK. So that's that's in a way what enabled us to really consolidate ourselves, learn a lot, build incredible technology and products. And now that technology, which was in a way built knowing we would get elsewhere, can very much apply in in other spaces as well. Did you, what, what was the number again? I cannot, I did, I, probably there was a glitch. I heard, but can you repeat it? How much percent in commercial drone market share do you have? It was into 38% of pilots in the UK. 38%, I think that's something we should uh, write down because so much about that InsurTech has no market share. I think that's very impressive, uh, very smart move. I think also to go into such a growing market, but very smart move. But now I, I can already hear several German suits, especially in the car insurance a space, you know, and imagine you meeting a bunch of them at a conference and you're telling what you're doing in the fleet insurance and probably this is what's going to happen. They're going to ask you, 
why in the world are you going into fleet insurance? It's a pain, high risk, and you're losing sometimes a lot of money. So uh, why do you do what everybody uh, has a problem with? Look, so fleet is super interesting because it happens that in between the driver and the insurance company, there's someone called a fleet manager, right? So there's someone that's super, super interested in reducing the risk of those fleets, right? Sometimes it is tricky. They don't necessarily always have the right tools. Their insurance company doesn't always listen to all the activities they undertake to reduce that risk. And this is why we really like it, right? So yes, we know that there's some markets that are struggling, but that's where data comes in, right? We know more about the vehicle than anyone else really does. And when we can, we use that to deliver much better prices. And when that's not the case, we use that to help the, the, the fleet manager reduce that risk so we can help them save money as well. So there's, there's really a win-win scenario, not just for the fleet manager or the fleet owner, but also for, for the insurance company. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, you, you mentioned uh, quite interestingly uh, fleet manager and fleet owners. Uh, you recently, before the, the, the fundraising round itself, you announced a few partnerships with big names. Uh, can you elaborate a bit uh, on, by the way, a partnership that you had with a car manufacturer themselves, uh, how you split the data, as you mentioned, uh, the value proposition, uh, what, uh, yeah, basically what's the win-win that you, that you mentioned, even for them that are just, if I may say that, uh, car manufacturers, but maybe they have more, more than that uh, in, in, their, in their roadmap. Yeah, so look, that, that's a win, 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 right? Because there, there are three parts in, in that uh, transaction. Um, so as, as you mentioned, Florian, we, we closed a, a deal or a partnership with Jaguar Land Rover, uh, one of the flagship manufacturers here in the UK. If they need a test driver and have a free car, don't worry and please don't hesitate to mention my name. Just, you know, as a side note. But I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> I'll continue with my story. <laughs> so um, the, the, it is really cool because um, manufacturers are already massive innovators, right? So Jaguar Land Rover, for example, has a fleet called the Out. And if you go on Google and type the Out, you will see how, how innovative their fleet is. What they do is they deliver cars to your doorstep whenever you want them, right? So if you say, okay, I want to go on a weekend road trip somewhere, but I'm a very busy executive in London. I've got no time to go and grab my car. You book it on their app, beautifully designed app. They deliver it to your door. You use it over the weekend. You leave it on your door. They come and pick it up and that's it. So brilliant, brilliant. Awesome. It's quite interesting though, how much these companies struggle to get the right type of insurance for themselves, right? And and in that scenario, what we do is really work with the company to deliver that level of flexibility they, they want to get. So we only charge them when the vehicle is in use. If for some reason they go through low periods, we don't charge for insurance, which is brilliant for their cash flows. They're also a growing company, right? They're a startup within a big, um, a big conglomerate. Um, so we support them and we help them grow yeah. as they grow. So that's, that's the use case in point. Super, super interesting. I really like what I take away is partner with hyper-growing areas and have a great value proposition there. So I think that's, that's something interesting. What I really um, looked at your website is you really analyze the way people um, drive. 
and uh, you are the, the, the product, uh, uh, chief product officer of Flock, not only founder, but like really deeply rooted into the product space. So um, how do you do it technically and how does it work? And uh, what is your most fun story actually, you know? Oh, interesting. So I can talk about it for hours, right? So I'm going to yeah. I'll talk about the type of data we use to, to try to analyze trips and, and the outcome or the output of that analysis. We, and this applies to all verticals and all spaces we're working. We analyze the vehicle. So we look into the drone or the car or the van we're insuring. We analyze the driver or the pilot and we analyze the environment, right? So if we take the, um, the motor example, when looking at the environment, we look into the type of road you're driving in, the conditions of those roads, the weather when you're driving, the visibility in the road, et cetera, et cetera. That gives oh, you Sorry? How do you do it? So do you have sensors in the car? How does that work? So we do we do all sorts of things. So we use uh, multiple data providers that are already available. Some of those data sources are public. Some of those are, are private and, and we get access or purchase access to, to those. So we our job is to bring all of that data into one place. We, we use really cool uh, technologies in there as well, like vision processing to understand how many cars there could be on the on the sites uh, like big data techniques as well so all of that data helps us understanding one side where you are driving or flying right how complicated the, the scenario is on the other end we've got the vehicle itself so we know how adequate that vehicle is for that specific scenario the type of claims they've had in the past which is relatively standard um the cost you would have to repair something like that and then in the middle, we've got the driver itself, right? We've got historical data about the driver, but we also have behavioral data about the driver. How does that driver drive? How often do they brake, for example? Do they speed? Do they drive? How do, you, how do you do it? Do you measure that with a cell phone? Do you measure that with a plug-in? How does it work? And please reveal company secrets. Yeah, of course. That's why I came here today. And so uh, we, we use connectivity, right? We, we call ourselves the connected insurance company. Most of the vehicles that are on, on our books, uh, like, like insurance companies say, um, are, have an internet fit that helps us understand how those drivers are driving. Okay. Same thing, right? So our, our main thing is being able to collect that data, not just for us to understand what risk is, but again, to feed that back to this uh, fleet owners, help them understand what vehicles could be driving a little bit better, what tactics they could implement to, to reduce that risk. And that's that's where, again, that win-win that concept we were talking about comes in. Super. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's very interesting. And by the way, as you mentioned data, you mentioned, let's say, the, the claim histories and, and so on. I believe that this is part of your relationship with the uh, insurance carriers you're working with. Could you say a bit more about the geography because you're based in the uh, in the UK. You may have plans maybe to expand uh, globally. So first, do you have such plans uh, to go beyond the UK itself? And then what are or which are the countries that you plan to uh, expand to? Is there any specific reason, especially around the data? Because I guess that this is the first challenge for you to have this kind of public or private data you can access to price the risk the right way. So yeah, is there any impact on the geographic scale? And long story short, what are your plans here? How you correlate uh, the data access and the geographic uh, growth that you uh, that you may have in your roadmap? 
big questions. These VCs ask very hard questions, don't they? Um, so look, of course, of course, we're a high ambition company. Um, we are already present in 16 countries with our drones uh, solution, and we're already thinking about expanding our motor offering as well. Um, we are currently um, studying what markets are going to be the best ones for us. So Robin, before you ask, we don't know if we're getting into Germany or not next, but the ambitions are, are definitely, definitely there. Um, we will look into markets based on the opportunities those, those markets uh, represent for us. And we often look at three key um, boxes to take in a way. First, the growth of that market. And again, from a drone's perspective or from a motor perspective in the UK, it is a beautiful growth number. From a size perspective, how, how much premium can we really uh, be working with in that space? But most importantly, the risk environment. Is risk really changing? Um, from a technological connectivity perspective. And of course, telematics uh, penetrations also play a big, big part on, on that as well. So heavily, heavily looking into this space. Florian, I know you want me to tell you what countries we're going next, but I cannot yet tell you. No worries, no worries. By the way, if uh, if we can just uh, say a few words about the, the round itself, I, I think it's a good transition uh, because that money uh, will uh, fuel your growth for sure. Um, we are commenting with uh, with uh, Robin every month, let's say, the big figures in the insurtech scene. And, and we hear a lot of questions from insurtech uh, entrepreneurs themselves. Is that easy to raise money? Uh, so it's always uh, interesting to hear how your round uh, ran. Was it so easy as it seems, let's say, on the paper? What were the major challenges? Uh, and obviously, why did you raise that uh, that round? Uh, what's next? By the by, the way, um, uh, we hear about hiring, which is obvious, a bit of a geographic expansion as well. But yeah, happy to hear you about yes, your feeling about the process itself. Um, would you say that it was easy or not? And is there any tip that you can share with people that are listening to us uh, for their upcoming rounds? I think this is basically a question Florian is asking, so he can then reverse engineer it, so he can he can make it easier for entrepreneurs to raise money. Um, so look, from from a market perspective, the market is is in a good moment. I think as as we were saying before, um, there's a lot of interest in in insurtech. We are starting to see big success stories that demonstrate that there's a lot of innovation and value to be delivered in in the insurance space, and that is great. So that makes it a little bit easier than than it used to be. But they're like, as you know, Florian, VCs ask really hard questions. Um, and, and of course, you, you have to go through a very, very tough selection process, which it's really cool once you do it, because I think it acts as um, a bit of a validation. This is just the starting point for us, right? Like, we always say that when you close a round, um, that's when the, the work starts. That, that's, that's a sentence I made famous at, at Flock in a way. So we really believe. Um, on that, but, but the process itself, I, I think while tough and you have to demonstrate how you're gonna be different and, and the value you've got to deliver to the market, it's it's starting to become a little bit busier. Even if I was saying that um, that the work is, is about to start now that the cash is in the bank, um, the first thing we're gonna do is throw a massive party, right? I think, I think we all deserve it. That's what investors want to hear. I will not disclose how much money it is going to but, but no, I think um, it's true that this is a big milestone for the company. We would have only made it here 
it, we wouldn't have made it here if it wasn't for our team. And we've got an incredible team that really, really deserves celebrating this milestone. So I think that's yeah. that's uh, point number one. We we believe we believe in, in doing things like that. From a plans perspective, um, we're really super powering the team. We are we'll probably quadruple the team in the next uh, twelve to twelve to eighteen months. So. This is, this is my call from here to everybody. I think my team is in the room somewhere as well, sending the link to our careers page. If you cannot find the link, it is flockcover.com slash careers. So go there. I think we've got like around 15, 20 roles um, live now, the roles for everybody. And that's the biggest challenge at the moment, how, how to grow that. What will we do with that growth? Um, so as you were saying, expansion, is top of mind right now expansion in three pillars really first we believe we still have a ton to offer to our existing and new customers product development is going to continue um improving a lot and we've got a ton of additional value to, to deliver to our existing customers expansion from a geography's perspective is also something that's top of mind and as we did from drones to our second market, we also believe that that second market can continue growing. The mobility space is a super, super interesting one for us. There are new risks coming in, there are a ton of innovations that we can really go after. And of course, we're very, very closely looking into, into that space. Super exciting, I think, uh, your, your approach. Super exciting, I think, super challenging to quadruple your task force, uh, your, your workforce. Uh, has consequences for culture, has consequences for a lot of things. So to hire the right is something really, really tough. Um, so, so I wish you wish you all the best for that. And I think you should come back uh, in a year and uh, tell us, you know, if you doubled your, your your workforce or quadrupled it. I think you will have a story or two to share. Um, I will only come back though if I get to be in the top three of Lauren's life because I was very disappointed for not being there. She asked for a couple of million. Yeah, yeah, it's, just, it's yeah. <laughs> but you know, with the investment round, that's something you should talk to Florian more about <laughs> behind closed doors. Um, all kidding aside, uh, I think that's super, super interesting um, because you share really concrete insights in what you experience and and how you went there. Do you have some? Other tips for, for insurtechs out there or startups overall or entrepreneurs or people working in the insurance industry. Uh, what do you do guys differently? Because, you know, when you started, a lot of others were starting with you. They're not there anymore. You're there and you're growing, raising 38% market share, $70 million raised, 20 rules out there. So wh why, how did that happen and, and why? And what, we have like three tips for, for people out there. Mm. So look, this, this is something I'm relatively passionate about. Um, and I often talk about this in- That's true. Um, not, not the whole thing. No, I'm not saying that's the tip. This, what I'm about to talk about is something okay. I think this, this like high growth innovation, like FinTech insurance innovation space has often focused a lot in specific technologies and specific innovations. And, and, and I'm instead someone that really tries to think uh, about what, what the customer is, is expecting, what the customer is waiting for, right? And like all of these spaces we're getting ourselves into are driven by that. Like where, where is the gap and how big is the gap between where the customer is and where the insurance company is, right? And like until now, insurance companies had to focus on improving their own processes, their own balance sheets. I think we're really starting to change that game a little bit uh, because being good at technologies almost table stakes and we're really good at technology 
but we're much better at connecting that with what the customer wants wants to see, and that's something we spend a ton of uh, time on. So I'm a big believer of that. I we we try to do as much as we can and of of that, and then continue investing in technology, continue bringing the latest, the best, the brightest um, to to be able to really build those differentiators that we haven't just identified the market needs um, and then become very, very strong at them. And data for us, for us, data has been the big, big changer. We are uh, good at data in a way. We, we do things that very few people can do with data and data alone or intelligence alone is not the response to anything uh, but connecting that intelligence with again benefits for the end customers where we close the loop yeah that's uh, that's very interesting and by the way what you mentioned around new risks uh, we are strong believer at astoria by the way of this uh, this new trend where i believe uh, insure tech startup have a competitive edge uh, and could be helpful to insurers themselves by leveraging what you mentioned uh, external data behavioral data and so on so it's obviously not only about data but it's uh, getting value from the data and deliver that value partnering with insurance company because I believe that you are partnering with them. Uh, it's not InsureTech or insurers, it's InsureTech and insurers working together. Uh, and obviously you are providing the tech part uh, of the uh, of the relationship, let's say, with the insurance uh, player. But by the way, in terms of, of uh, risk, uh, risk carrying, are you working with different risk carriers for any fleet or are you, let's say, or do you have one risk carrier? Is that an insurer? Is that a reinsurer? Do you see a difference, by the way, from your, your perspective between working with an insurance company or a reinsurance company? So, yeah, we, we act as an NGA in the UK, as a managing general agent. Uh, and that means that we work very, very closely with a capacity provider, an insurance uh, company that uh, provides us with their capital, but it enables us to do things like pricing, manage the process, sell on behalf of them, etc. So we've got a bit of a hybrid model here, which is the model that enables us to move very quickly, deliver the innovations the market struggles to deliver, but at the same time work with A-rated paper, which is something that, that we've got as a, as a rule, right? We only work with the best paper because we believe that that's the, the most fair um, way uh, for, for our customers. And big shout out uh, from here to the to the underwriters we work with because I think they've been fantastic at embracing all the innovations we've delivered. Yeah. I think you're muted, Robin. <laughs> In my own show, that's so funny. All right, uh, you know, that's it. Like, there is no day passes when I do not mute myself at the right moment. But so that's, that's, that's a fun fact uh, around here, so you know, you're muted. What is the biggest, you know, BS in Corona time? You're muted. Where's the camera? Wi-Fi doesn't work. Where's Matthew? All right. Um, not to forget what I want to ask. What I really want to uh, like about that is, you know, you have a lot of situations, insurers versus insurtech, old versus new, and when people work together, you know, there are a lot of cool people at incumbents too. Um, and when you find them, it's, I think, I think personally, it's not against insurtech against insurance. I think it's a cool versus the uncool. And you have both on both sides. And you know to find an alliance of the of the cool forward-thinking people that make things possible, and to make the insurance industry even better place than it ever has been. So um, yes, time flies, unbelievable. Uh, there's one question we ask all of our um, guests. I'm pretty sure I have a funny feeling that I know what the answer is. 
But the question is, you shared your insights, the flock story, data, numbers, tricks, tricks and tips and what you're doing with all the money you raised. What can the insurance and intraday community do for you? Ooh, so first, please apply on our job sports. That's all we're doing now, growing the team. So please, please, please come to us. Second, if you know of fleets of either drones or road vehicles that could really benefit from our services, please send them our way. And then we're big fans of connecting with everybody. So if you've got ideas on how our product could become better, give us feedback. We massively crave it. So those two, three things the first one is the easiest, so please apply on our job sports. All right. Thanks. So, yeah, last word from you, uh, or are you already at the website thinking about applying at a British? Sorry? I was making a joke. I was saying, what are, what are, what are your comments, uh, your final comments on the show, or are you already applying for a job on the on their website? But probably you are, so this will be great. <laughs> I just so it come through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but I, I believe that th that's the major challenge. That's what uh, is interesting, I believe, for all the intro tech players that we have a discussion with. Uh, hiring people, especially when you're growing fast, is, is a key challenge. So, yeah, I, I believe that that's quite interesting. But what you shared about data, about the new way of assessing the risk, the relationship that you have with your risk carrier, the relationship that you have with the, uh, with the fleet managers or fleet owners themselves, uh, I believe that's quite a, a unique uh, a challenge in the insurtech scene, at least in Europe. Uh, hence, we were very glad, by the way, to have you on board and to get these details on how you kind of switch, let's say, or how you uh, combine, let's say, uh, uh, drone insurance, fleet insurance, and maybe something else in the future. Uh, so very exciting and looking forward for your next steps. Uh, and I hope that uh, we would be uh, helpful in, uh, in your hiring process, by the way. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much for participating in the show. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks. Thanks for being by.